His return is a step backwards for survivors of sexual assault. Stinging criticism from the Travis County DA over a city hire aimed at turning around the police department. While much of the discussion the last week has been on the cold and ice, we're finally going to be tracking some rain arriving beginning tomorrow. We'll show you the wettest weather and how much rain we get in first warning weather. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. Tonight, the Travis County District Attorney is blasting the city's decision to hire former Austin Police Chief Art Acevedo as an Assistant City Manager. Speaking at events celebrating the start of an art installation honoring sexual assault survivors, DA Jose Garza said hiring Acevedo is a step backward. In a city memo released yesterday, the interim city manager announced Acevedo will fill a newly created position called interim city manager over APD to revamp the Austin Police Department addressing police staffing and the training academy. Acevedo was Austin's police chief from 2007 to 2016. The event today also honored the plaintiffs of a lawsuit that alleged several offices, including the Austin Police Department, which Acevedo led at the time, failed to properly investigate sexual assaults between 2006 and 2019. Garza says Acevedo's leadership led to rape kits going untested for years. His return is a step backwards for survivors of sexual assault. His appointment represents a stunning disregard for their pain and for the values of this community. We are here to remember, but we are also here to celebrate. Because even if Art Acevedo is coming back, we are never going back. City Council Member Allison Alter also spoke out against Acevedo at the event, joining other council members who've done the same. Council Member Mackenzie Kelly and Austin Mayor Kirk Watson support the hire. In a statement yesterday, Watson said Acevedo brings a wealth of experience and a deep understanding of the challenges facing ACPD. We reached out to Art Acevedo for a comment and we'll let you know when we hear back from him. Turning now to the forecast with meteorologist Nick Bannon, we are talking about some rain in the forecast and some pretty heavy rain at times as well. Yeah, we think we're going to ease into it during the day tomorrow, but tomorrow night, Monday morning could be a soaking, the kind of which we've been hoping for with this El Nino mm. winter. Let's take it outside right now to our Rock and Dirt Yard camera in Buda, where it is cloudy and it is chilly. Today, most of the day was spent in the 30s. We briefly were in the 40s. We're back in the 30s now, and the skies have turned gray from our rock and dirt yard camera in Buda. Most of us are in the 30s, but we do still have a few low 40s in the mix, and these numbers will keep on falling despite the cloud cover overhead. I think most of us get down to near, if not slightly below freezing tonight. You can see while the clouds are thickening up, we do expect a dry evening and night for us tonight from 39 at 7 to 37 at at 9 and down to 35 here at 11. But if you're heading out this evening, aside from bundling up, you don't need to worry about any wet weather uh, impacting your plans, at least tonight. Coming up in first warning weather, we'll show you the slow increase in rain chances tomorrow, plus an update on our icing concern tomorrow. We'll time out when the heavy rain comes and the flash flooding risk that goes along with it. 
Thanks, Nick. And with frigid temperatures forecast, Austin's cold weather shelters will open up once again. Registration for a spot is happening right now at One Texas Center on Barton Springs Road. And free transportation to and from the registration site is available for those who need it. The city says since the start of our first round of bitter cold last Saturday night, the shelters across seven locations have fed and housed over 2,200 people in Austin. A new hospital in Austin says that it is trying to keep customers away by keeping them healthy. Texas Children's Hospital put on a 5K to celebrate the upcoming opening of its new North Austin campus. In addition to the run, people took part in other activities, including an obstacle course, climbing walls, and craft workshops. The hospital's senior vice president emphasizes the importance of getting out for some exercise and staying fit. We're a hospital, but we'd really rather everybody stay out, uh, you know, stay healthy and, you know, and not need us. We're there for when you do, uh, but, you know, want to be uh, that good example around prevention, around health, around doing things as a family. The Texas Children's Hospital's North Austin campus is set to open next month. In South Texas, Texas Parks and Wildlife is considering an exchange of land that is raising concerns with county leaders. SpaceX, which has a launch site in Boca Chica, is looking to expand its launch facilities. So the company is requesting 43 acres of land from Boca Chica State Park. In return, SpaceX would give the department close to 500 acres near the Laguna Astascasa National Wildlife Refuge. According to Texas Parks and Wildlife, that new land will provide more space for things like hiking and camping. But Cameron County Commissioner David Garza says SpaceX is going after land the county was already looking to acquire for similar purposes. These 470 acres here, we have already found federal dollars to be able to buy. We are in the process and submitted an application. We don't need a corporation to come in and buy the property that is already in the works of being bought. An agenda from Texas Parks and Wildlife says the proposed exchange is in the best interest for the department. But before that deal can move forward, a hearing will be held in Austin next week. Still to come, a scary day on the slopes of a Utah mountain. A man buried under an avalanche and the rescue caught on video. A U.S. leader says fentanyl is now a leading cause of death for young people in America. Hundreds of U.S. mayors are gathering in Washington to find out ways to fight that crisis. A group of snowmobilers in Utah dug out a man trapped in an avalanche this week and the rescue was captured on video. The avalanche at the American Fork Canyon carried away three men. One was buried completely. The snowmobilers were able to use beacons to locate him and work to free him after he'd been buried for over six minutes. The snow was packed inside his helmet against his mouth, nose, everything. We had to physically clear that out. I know this person. I know his wife. I know his kids. I thought, okay. I can't explain to them that their dad didn't live. The rescuers then started a fire to warm up the man. It took about two hours to get him safely off the mountain. An update on cedar, which was up over yesterday, still medium. Mold is low and trending lower. We got down into the mid-20s this morning in Austin at Camp Mabry. That made it our eighth freeze since October, typically every cold season which is usually just confined to winter, but early spring too, we get 12 freezes. So we're well on our way to an average number of freezes 
for the year. We'll track more chilly air before the wet weather brings the warmth in first warning weather. 200 Americans die each day from fentanyl overdoses. It is a crisis that is getting attention from mayors and diplomats in Washington. Anna Wernicke is in Washington with more. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says fentanyl is now the leading cause of death for Americans between 18 and 49. Not, not cancer, not car accidents, not, not, uh, not violence. It's fentanyl. Blinken told nearly 300 mayors from around the country in Washington on Friday that fighting the flow of fentanyl into the U.S. is a global effort. The ingredients that go into making fentanyl, the so-called chemical precursors, a lot of them right now are being made in China, and then they get illicitly shipped, typically to Mexico synthesized into fentanyl, and then it winds up in the United States. Blinken left the mayors to meet with the Mexican foreign minister about efforts to reduce migration and the flow of fentanyl across the southern border. We're talking about dead children from fentanyl poisoning because of wide open borders. Texas Republican Congressman Chip Roy blames Democrats, but California Democrat Lou Correa says Congress needs to put politics aside to address the crisis. Democrats, Republicans on both houses with the president have to stop bickering, have to stop fighting, come together to protect middle America. Jared Cram is mayor of Binghamton, New York. It's killing young people in cities like Binghamton. Cram wants the Biden administration to send money now. More resources in a, in a more umbrella approach that gives uh, funding directly to cities that are on the front lines of this. In Washington, I'm Anna Warnicke. Going in depth now, just yesterday, a Hayes County jury sentenced a man to 60 years in prison for possession with intent to distribute fentanyl. According to the Hayes County District Attorney, Tony Barrera III is a, quote, habitual offender. He was found guilty on that uh, possession charge or with intent to distribute on Thursday, as well as an unlawful possession of a firearm by a felon. That firearm charge brought him an additional sentencing of 50 years, bringing the total prison sentence to over 100 years. New data from the Hayes County Sheriff's Office shows 67 fentanyl overdoses in the county since January of 2022. Of those overdoses, 14 people died. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. All right, chilly day here today. We started in the 20s. We only ended up in the low 40s, certainly much colder than we should be by about 20 degrees for this time of year. At least our night looks nice. At least the sky looks nice from our Whittlesea Landscape Supply Camera in Southeast Austin looking toward downtown, although the uh, skies have thickened up with cloud cover. We'll just jump right into the forecast for tonight. We expect a cloudy night, a dry night, a chilly night as we get down just barely below freezing here in Austin to start the day tomorrow. There may be some areas in the hill country that start in the 20s, but most of us will be right near that 30 degree mark for your overnight low. Tomorrow's daytime high, uh, I think just 30s. I think our actual high for the day tomorrow is going to come late tomorrow night when we get into the 40s, but during the daylight hours, say through about 530, a high of just 39. Rain chances slowly increase through the day. 
So very limited rain chances in the morning, but we start to see more of those showers coming in in the afternoon and certainly tomorrow night as we start turning on the faucet here, looking forward to this uh, wetter weather pattern we've been waiting for uh, really for months. The rain is moving through Southern California right now, and the same storm system is going to uh, pull in the moisture first in the form of cloudiness to begin your Sunday, and then rain showers start to spill in late Sunday morning and continue to spread into the afternoon. So Sunday morning through the middle of the day, just a few spotty showers around. One thing we'll be watching out for, but we're less concerned now than we were, is for some very light freezing rain, mostly in northern Burnett County and into Lampasas County. That's where several of our computer models have hinted at the potential for that. Now, Icier computer models have really trended down on the potential for icing, but I still think there just may be a few very brief slick spots. Northern Burnett County into Lampasas County late morning tomorrow through the afternoon. Most of us, it's just a plain chilly rain with temperatures above freezing and in the 30s and there. Rain will generally come in waves and be fairly light through the afternoon, but the rain coverage increasing through the day. There's 5 o'clock. Higher rain coverage comes in tomorrow night and especially into Monday morning. Widespread downpours and storms for the morning commute. Cautiously optimistic, most of this wraps up by the main part of the Monday commute, but there's other models that keep the heavier round of rain later than this. And then we go into a little lull in the rain Monday afternoon, but then the clouds thicken back up and the showers come back here Monday night. How much rain through the afternoon on Sunday? Very little, just a few hundredths of an inch. A little more than that by Sunday night but the vast majority of our rain over the next couple of days comes Monday morning. One to four inches of rain for the metro in our eastern counties, much less than that in the hill country, unfortunately. We do have a flash flooding threat Sunday night. It's a one out of four for the metro. Gets up to a two out of four for our eastern counties on Monday. And then you can see pretty high rain coverage Tuesday and Wednesday, but that drops off big time here Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. By the end of the next seven days, Two to four inches of rain with some localized higher amounts in our eastern counties. Looking at our first warning weather seven day forecast, we've got one last chilly day before 50s and 60s as the rain chances continue into next weekend. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Salty doesn't even begin to describe the way the Texas men's basketball team felt after blowing a double-digit second-half lead against Central Florida on Wednesday night. But a victory over ninth-ranked Baylor would certainly put a pep in their step. Longhorns left the Moody Center bitter. Last time out, the opposite today. First half, Baylor up early. Tyler Tyrese Hunter with a three-pointer. He led Texas with 14 in the first half. They shot 82% from three-point range. Steve Sarkeesian checking things out. Second half, Baylor up three. Hunter with the pump fake, goes inside, makes that one to cut it to one. Then Texas up with under four minutes to go. Dylan DeSue, he had 19 points. These were big points right here. Plus, get that layup to go, plus the foul. He's fired up. Texas up by three after that. Final seconds, Texas still up three. Jalen Bridges drains the three-pointer to tie it at 73 with five seconds left. Texas decides to not take a timeout. Tyrese Hunter gets the inbound, gets it back from the inbounds there, and then he goes court, coast to coast and drills that layup off the glass at the buzzer, and Texas wins 75-73, getting a top-10 win on their tournament resume and keeping hope of a stellar season alive.
I'm just really proud of the effort that my guys gave today and, and really what they've, what they've done over really the last week. You know, we didn't have the outcome we wanted early in the week, but uh, they bounced back and uh, they stayed the course. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy for what we were able to do today. We had to come and bounce back, um, get back to ourselves, uh, finishing our games, um, you know, and, and that's starting practice, you know, just challenging each other. Um, so, you know, just coming out here today, uh, believing in each other and going out there trying to get the win. When we play for each other, um, play for RT, play for the coaching staff. Um, then, then I, we feel like we can we can beat any team in the country. Um, and so that's kind of what this this win kind of symbolizes for us. Yeah, big one right there for Texas. The Longhorns are two and three in conference play after today's victory. Now they will face their rival Oklahoma on Tuesday night in Norman. Oklahoma beat Cincinnati today to win their second straight game. Tip off on Tuesday is set for six o'clock. Stick around. We got more sports after this. Keep it. All right, college basketball is another great performance from multiple U members of the UT women's team today in Oklahoma. Aaliyah Moore, who's from Moore, Oklahoma, makes the layup to put Texas up 45-42. She had 17.8 rebounds. But Anagret Asi draining the three-pointer for Oklahoma State to tie it at 45. Shaylee Gonzalez, though, leading the Texas Longhorns on this little run right here. She makes the layup. She had 15. Madison Booker coming up with the steal and the layup here at the other end, and the Longhorns win this one 76-66 to improve to 5-2 in Big 12 play. Texans down 31-10 in the AFC Divisional round uh, in Baltimore to the Ravens right now. All right. Thanks, Jonathan, and thank you all for watching. Hope you have a great night, and we hope to see you right back here at 10 o'clock. That was